Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. I'm also the, the host here. I'm the host of the JAR podcast, uh, which is really the birthplace for this discussion. Uh, just seeing all the mental health issues that people are facing, uh, quite often alone, uh, traveling down that road. Um, but even when they have uh, someone's hand to hold, you know, it's a brutal, tough journey for people. And, you know, this podcast is really all about uh, bringing giving people a platform that are in the space, trying to make a difference or an opportunity to, to sometimes, not too often, but to hear some stories of people along their mental health journey. Um, so today I'm really lucky. We've got Andy uh, Prisco here today to, to share a lot about, he's doing some really cool stuff. And uh, it's funny, Andy sent me a note and said, I'm kind of curious, why me? You know, how did you find me? And, uh, you know, and, and so I, I, it's my secret sauce, Andy. I've got a, I've got a really good, uh, knows for interesting stories and and especially when it's you know we're we're we need more diversity in our approach to solving this problem i think we've got we don't have enough therapists we can't build or grow enough therapists in time to make a to make this problem you know to kind of alleviate the pressure of this problem and and i don't think that adding a million therapists is is probably the final right answer anyway so I do believe it's a combination of the traditional stuff we've got and a lot of the great stuff that I'm hearing and the solutions and things that people are exploring because it's a crisis and man, we're good at crisis. We are really good at coming up with a lot of harebrained, crazy ass ideas. And if we all come together, a little beehive, we're going to find some of those solutions that can make a dent. Um, Andy, what's, what's your story? What are you doing in this space? And, you know, what's jumpstart? What's hope reform and, and the mastery? Tell us what's going on. Well, Ken, first, I just want to thank you uh, for your kind of overarching description of, of the current state and where you find yourself mm -hmm. on your journey. I, I see you, I witness you, and I honor what you're doing. Thank you, my friend. And, and I feel very like-minded on my own. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on a journey myself with a, a number of other people who have a vision of support rather than control of people okay. having the autonomy to make choices about their care and their wellness mm. and to not be regulated by force and to not be regulated by, um, unless it's absolutely necessary, right. let's say involuntary approaches, <laughs> um, which you know, from my domain, I've spent an extraordinary amount of time in psychiatric care and services as a direct care provider, uh, an emergency responder, and then as a manager in a very large forensic care system. So I've, I've seen a lot of those approaches that uh, I'm taking my place to try to stop and replace mm. with something more meaningful. Mm. So I've seen a lot of people getting dragged across the floor, unnecessary seclusion, unnecessary episodes of mechanical restraint, unnecessary episodes 
of chemical restraint or chemical intervention. I mean, it's just and <sighs> yeah, and and have some pride in a legacy of being a voice that stands right in the middle of that, completely surrounded by people who want to do <laughs> and say, no, we're not going to do that with this guy. And you can hate me all you want. The good news is that we've come a long way and there have been champions that have mentored and helped us at Jumpstart and Hope Reform and who are now part of that. Uh, and they're still at it, you know, 35, 40 years later, people like the great Pat Vegan, uh, Kevin Huckshorn, Greg Smith, um, people who have been at this for a very, very long time, hmm. trying to re-educate people from control to support. And it's very hard. It's, it's hard work. My dad used to call it like pushing a big rock up a long hill. Sometimes with people throwing rocks at you from up above. Yeah. <laughs> Usually. Dodging like, while you're, yeah, that's I, exactly right. I love the way you've. Yeah, because you're you're going against the grain. You're trying to, you know, Andy. You're 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 into somebody's, into their bailiwick, right? I mean, you're you're in someone's bread. This is their bread, their bread basket. You're playing with. That yes, and I love the way you've described that. I've 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 heard it described a number of other ways too, but that's precisely right. There are people and identities and groups that claim ownership over certain attributes. Yes of the care and services that human beings need. And they don't like sharing sometimes, and they don't like collaborating. Mm. And when that's at the expense of someone's well-being, that's wrong. And um, we need people to uh, speak up boldly at episodes of injustice or when we are infringing on someone's um, agency and capacity to participate in their own wellness. Hmm. That, what is jump, what's Jumpstart all about? Jumpstart you know, Mastery is a learning environment that brings together public safety, behavioral health, and workplace violence prevention in the private enterprise world. And we all come together to share and learn in the principles of crisis de-escalation, trauma-informed approaches. Okay. And all of those domains have variants in lexicon, variants in terms. Yes, yes. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to um, really shore up the way in which we speak about and define and address any variety of topics. And that is really all in the service of developing what you've identified as your vision, a shared approach, Yes, a yeah. shared vision. And the low hanging fruit is let's get some of the definitions out of the way, because what you call emotional labeling, we're going to call articulating the unverbalized, what you call <laughs> uh, mirroring, we're going to call accurately reflecting what has been stated. So we're trying to at least let's get the, the damn terms right so that we're all speaking the same language. And then we can push these principles upstream and get them into wellness initiatives for staff, yes. support for workforces, uh, leadership level uh, contemplations about what the care and services are going to look like. There are, mm. there are groups of people that actually define seclusion or 
or mechanical restraint as an intervention rather than a last resort stopgap in the interest of preserving some kind of safety around imminent danger or imminent risk. There are people who would use those preventatively and call it an intervention. And what's amazing is that it doesn't matter how many papers we read. It doesn't matter how much data we have. Like the jury is back. Isolation and mechanical restraint don't do anything to modify behavior. They don't help the, the person who is subject to it. It, it creates safety in the moment when necessary, but that's all that it does. And it should be abbreviated or eliminated as early as possible. Yet we have people completely uneducated in the principles around those procedures, and they're doing it in public schools. Like they're doing it in public schools with kids on the spectrum or kids that present challenging behavior. And then, and then they, they get in front of the cameras and, and in a rather unsophisticated way, try to offer a justification for it. And it's terribly sad. God, that's shocking. So there's a number of us that are out there trying to change this stuff in psychiatric <laughs> care and services, mobile crisis, co-responders, hospitals, treatment centers. Juvenile justice and corrections are having a hell of a time right now. But in some ways, some of those states are really leading the way in the transformation. Yeah, it's good. I mean, anytime you have this kind of violence, as far as disagreement over care and direction and old ways versus new ways, and, you know, I call it violence, right? It's a bit of it's it's at the it's at the retail level, this violence of, of what we should do or what we did do. And it, it's change. It, it starts to change, at least. Right. At least it is this, at the retail level. That's a beautiful way of describing it. It's almost like it's a commodity now. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And what's confounding is that, you know, when we provide crisis de-escalation, verbal de-escalation training to any number of groups, whether it's police officers, um, uh, residential care and services providers, youth and family services providers, security officers, it doesn't matter. Invariably, someone goes through our method of training and they immediately begin to share or disclose an event that went bad in their work history and they wish they had had this sooner because they thought what they were doing at the time was right. And that's why like the great Gordon Graham, the risk manager says very often 99.9% .9 of the time, these aren't bad people. They're just not aware that they're not doing what's best. There are yeah. people who have yeah. intentions that they think they're doing the right thing and they don't have the awareness or consciousness that they're not, but in some cases, I would contend, from my experience, many of them do, and they don't care. That's a different I, problem. I, I would imagine, like, I have this one rule I call Ken's Rules of Thirds, and you know, I would guess that one third of the people are pro properly unaware. Oh of, yeah, of what's the damage, and it's the wrong way, and there there is another way, and they're just doing what they've been trained and told and there's seen. There's a better and, way. I'm gonna I'm gonna go so far as to say there's a better way. I yeah. think when we relativize your truth, my truth, everybody's truth is the same. Well, I guess there isn't an idea that's better than another. Well, how about when someone's getting dragged across the floor? There is a better idea than there, that. There might be a better way. You oh, all of a sudden there must be a better way. You know what I mean? Like everyone's cool about 
you know, making everything relative until some real shit starts happening. <laughs> and then the newspapers get involved or the regulatory authorities get involved and they want to take away your system's money. Oh, OK, I guess there's a better way then. So someone who's promoting this approach, probably not the right person you want to have at the decision I table. Right. And they're the ones that also make the, you know, discipline decisions and everything else around the people implementing the well, on this protocols. Right. It's probably published stuff. It's probably best practices. It is. And you said it early on, Ken. Um, maybe it was in the green room. There are there are domains. There are people who feel as though that cuts into their area or purview and they're not interested in sharing or change. Culture change is very, very challenging. And um, we're, at a, we're at a problem that's reaching critical mass right now. People living with homelessness, people living with substance use disorders, um, uh, people who are experiencing, um, uh, let's say, a biologically oriented, serious mental illness in growing numbers. And you know, I don't just work in the education domain. I'm out there in it. I'm in the yeah. encampments. I'm in the supported housing environments. I just had to move someone from one place to a different state and then do it again. Um, someone who was presenting particular challenges to the workforce there. So they call us because that's that's what we do. We, we, we work with people that can present very acute behaviors and help the organization and the workforce with them. So I'm, I'm not just in the classroom saying, hey, good luck. Try this method. You know, I'm out there in it. And yeah, uh, what from what I see, um, we have a, a dilution of ideas into the care and services space that are interfering with the support rather than control approach. People getting offended very easily upon the presentation of someone who's in discontrol, you know, where the timing to communicate how offended you feel when someone is completely strung out on fentanyl and meth because they used a racial slur, probably not the best time to say to that person, I don't appreciate how you're talking to me because then you get punched in the face and you wonder <laughs> why, you know? So we have a way of managing that, that um, gets everybody's needs met in a safer way. I, I think it is interesting. We will, Anytime there's a crisis, my, my experience in, in life, when you have a crisis like this, it's escalating and, and things start, you know, the, the seams start to come apart. But yet you also have a very large vested interest and very well established, very well rooted enterprise. And this is going to be the site care facilities. Uh, a lot of these places that, that is also it's their money, right? It's this, this is this is our income. And to present a lot of change and a lot of disruption coming to the space, I think we will see a little bit of funniness, you know, as, as those controls, you know, as we try to, a lot of people jumping into the space who know nothing uh, compared to the experts. And thank you for saying that, Ken, because that's what's going on. We're getting, we're getting people with their bailiwick jumping into the space to insert yeah. their bailiwick into um into the discussion kind yep. of it would be as if the fire engine responds to the structure fire 
the crew deboards, they start to do their job, and the homeowner whose house is burning behind him walks up <laughs> to the company officer and says, No, 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 here's the garden hose. I want you to put it out my way. Yeah, this is how we all this is the way we've always done it. Hope reform is intended to make some progress on that problem. It is to bring meaningful, excellent standards to the human services where healthcare mm. regulatory oversight really doesn't touch. Organizations serving people who live with homelessness and houselessness are, are really not a beneficiary of any meaningful oversight. Organizations that serve youth and family in the home are in desperate need of meaningful standards. Big organizations very often have policy and values, but there's, yes. no, there's nobody saying, here is the distinction between what is excellent and what isn't. And I think we've put together at Hope Reform the right body of thinkers, people from the appropriate spaces, psychiatric care and services, okay. correct, veterans issues, lived experience. We're, we've brought them all to the table to bring to bear to an organization a need to identify and distinguish and strive toward with technical assistance what is excellent. What is excellent in our domain? What is excellent in our service hmm. to people living with homelessness? What is excellence in our services to youth and family? What is excellence to our, um, uh, to our youth uh, that are in the juvenile justice system? And how do we manage the presentation of discontrol that's I, consistent with excellence? I, I can't. This stuff doesn't exist. It doesn't. Hope reform is the first shot at that in my view. How much money is in this system, and no one's? There's no. It's just everybody's got a claim to it, Ken. Everybody wants to say they want they want to determine how it's spent. Why? I mean, just well, clearly they're not. <laughs> clearly, clearly it's not working. Well, there's some people who, that are. There are some states, some legislatures, some organizations that are trying to really do it right. And yeah, not well, of course here, in the United States, uh, up in Canada, there's a lot of meaningful work going on up there. Um, our Washington State Department of Corrections is bringing over experts from Amend and Norway to learn. There's a mm. lot of good work going on. There's not enough of it. We need more of it. And we need standards around how the hell this stuff looks so that everybody doesn't insert their ego into the thing they're creating. And now all of a sudden, the service for the human being becomes an expression of their identity. That's not why we're doing it. We're doing it to serve yes. the human beings that live on the planet, not to give you a spotlight. What the hell? Yeah. You well, know, I'm going to write a paper and I'm going to get my doctorate on this. You don't, don't, <laughs> don't Andy, don't fook up with my program here. Oh, I'm right, on I'm my, yeah, exactly. I'm on my way to getting a doctorate on this. God. Yeah. I, well, and also you'll end up with people in, I, I think legislature or somewhere else that'll craft a law in Louisiana, they'll craft one in Kansas and, you know, we'll end up with this, the same thing we have with the psychiatric part and the, um, uh, the peer, the peer specialists, you know, where it's a obvious, clearly it's a national approach, but we've legisl we've, we've managed it administratively at a local level. Some really interesting conundrums people, that we've got to solve to get this. People with lived experience are going to save our collective ass. Uh, I, I think the peer specialist kind of people, I, I've got some yep. mad respect for these folks who are turning their own shit show sometimes into real 
I mean, they take that experience and they turn it into real help for somebody and they're holding somebody's hand. They've, they walk, they walk, they'll talk, they talk to the talk. I'm happy to say I'm in a state where that's going on to a great degree and it's wonderfully encouraging. Um, people with lived experience who in our justice system mm -hmm. are now getting out of incarceration uh, wow. and, and turning, turning around 180 degrees and helping people across that yeah. bridge with reentry services, assistance with uh, vocational services, assistance with training, assistance with self-regulation and wellness. Then we have, you know, in our residential treatment facilities, we're using peers more and more in the response to the presentation of emergency because nobody can validate better. Oh man. During someone's psychiatric emergency than someone who's been through one themselves. Which is the whole model for twelve-step recovery, by the I, way. I, I, you know? The funniest, the funniest part is that it actually twelve-step is really like the more you look at it. I mean, it's some yeah. genius shit, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Bill and Bob did some things right, you know. There I is some genius over shit. Four years ago, yeah. <laughs> I, I talked to so many people that have been through that, um, and just how life-changing it is for people. Indeed. Indeed. Um, there is change on the horizon. There is hope. There is hope. And and in 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 the maelstrom of agenda and politics and let's say less than honorable or noble motivations, there is still hope. <laughs> I I think the one one thing I do have is is always kind of that hope for humanity. And, and when we're all if we are trying to really rally around each other. Uh, and if we can get that focus, there's no better motivate. I mean, there's no better outcome because we all know it impacts everything the people around us. And um, I, I, I've got hope that we'll figure it out. It's just we're in that shitstorm of conflict right now of change. Everybody's yeah. looking at it and everybody's kind of saying whatever we had before ain't working. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Our approach, Ken, is really, and it's an inside job. And as long as we continue to identify things out in the external world and in circumstances that must be changed in order for me to be okay, we're going to be playing this game a long time. Yep. The skills and the attributes that must be developed to gracefully navigate a disruptive world are internal. Mm -hmm. and 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 to develop skills to help someone recognize that when they want to stick you in the throat with a pen is when that gets done in a way where you can, in the words of Kevin Huckshorn in SAMHSA's Mental Health Crisis Response Guidelines, we want the interventions to reduce the likelihood of future emergency, not increase the likelihood of future emergency. We want the thing that the person is doing now in, while responding to someone's yes. control or disbehavior, we want that intervention to reduce the likelihood of future emergency in this person by what we're doing right now. We're here to tell you that that's, that's doable. We do that every day in psychiatric emergency response, in advanced crisis intervention, okay. we do that. You have, the, you have the protocols, you have the talks and how to bring people in. We empower people on their worst moment to dive deep into whatever capacity they have in the moment to self-regulate. And then it's a game of inches mm. to walk out. 
And here's what nobody's doing. No one's looking at the watch saying this is taking too long. No one's looking around saying too many people are watching this. I'm feeling uncomfortable. We need to control this situation. Just, just shoot them with the, yeah, just shoot them with the net and we'll drag them in and we'll put them in the back of the van. And, and listen, and I'm not here to say that's, there are times when that's necessary and I've done it more times than I can count or remember. I'm at least proud to say that I've staged that at the end of an exhaustive attempt to be yes. less restrictive before having to do that because someone's life was in danger. Yep. And, and it's just that simple. That's when that gets done. Not, well, we have to prevent something from happening. Well, also I got, a, I got lunch break in 30 minutes. And if this is going to keep going, you know, I'm going to meet, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the game you show. Wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe. I don't think that that's, that's that. true. Yeah. There are, there are, I won't even name the work domain. There are, there are work domains, Ken, that engage in that ideology at the highest levels of leadership, discipline, practice, and pay. This. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, you know, I, well, it's, it's billable hours. I mean, if I'm the admin, right, it's, you know, last week we had 480, you know, 408 billable hours. This week we got 350. Right. I need, I, I need three, I need 375 to, to turn a profit and, you know, you guys got to, you know, you can't stand there for two hours with the, with the crazy guy. Every time he's going to go eat his lunch, you just got to shoot the net over him or, or force feed him. I don't care. I, I won't name the state, but I'll, I'll say this. I recently had to move someone from point A to point B, okay. two different States. Point A is one state. Point B is another. By trade, I'm not a case manager. I have awareness of some social work functions, but that's not my background or bailiwick. Okay. So I work with other people to set someone up for success. And there is a particular state that all of its outward facing material is, here's a three digit emergency number for certain kinds of needs associated to houselessness and homelessness. Here's a whole list of people you can call if there's an emergency, we'll be there. What I found when I started to get into what this is, is we don't have any beds, call this person. We don't have any beds, call this person. Voicemails over here. We don't open on the weekends. We don't take people on the weekends. There are no emergency beds here. And now on one side of it, the, the need is overwhelming. I get it. Yeah. Why is the outward facing messaging, however, though, yeah, come, I was come. naive to it. It's yeah. so it's come, so what? inviting. Like there's Welcome. hope here, and then you go there, and it ain't there. Very frustrating, very emotionally tugging on me when I assisted this person along the way. They get there, they're like, "What the hell?" You know, oh. awful. Then you look at the photographs of the lines, lines, lines of people. And how early they got to get there for this service or that bed or this card or that voucher. Very sad. Very sad. Makes me want to be down there all the time, every day, helping one person at a time. Yeah, just helping one person. Like, if you can help one person. Yeah, because it's so enormous. It's like the Titanic has sunk. Everybody's floating. The water is 40 degrees. And not everybody has a lot of time. Not everybody has a lot of time. And that's what it that's what it that, that's what the homelessness problem and the substance use and the human trafficking all within it feels like to me. We have no time and we have to get people out of the water. There's no time. So quit mouthing off 
Quit wasting time. Get in there and, and start helping people out. We don't have the time. I, I the the passion around sense of urgency. I love it. I, I, I got that same, you know, and I didn't, it's kind of a weird, um, you know, part of my journey too was I had a, I had a really good guest that early on that I bonded really, we, we bonded really well. Um, and I interviewed both him and his wife in their home on consecutive nights. And um, they're just a lovely couple. And the story was, you know, so powerful. Um, but Steve, Steve had his demons beyond his, the trauma we talked about on the show was Paradise Fire in California. Yeah. But his trauma was deeper than that and older. And ultimately, you know, after six months after I met him, he took his life. And um, I'm sorry. You know, and I just feel that that sense of urgency where it's like, damn, like, how yes. do you know? Yeah, brother. I mean, it, you don't yeah. even you don't know. And everybody the shadow knows. is everywhere in the Jungian sense. And people are on shadows. People are unconscious all over the place. And people, people's lives are stages for issues. They are still trying to resolve that they're not even conscious of yet. I'm happy to say I'm awake now. And I, um, I, I'm very interested in being with others who are awake who want to help wake other people up. And um, I, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to just kind of improvise and make some music with you here. Absolutely. Uh, making, making music right here. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And we're trying to call people to action. We need pioneers. We need people who are willing to go out there and um, uh, do what's right. What they know in their gut is what's right in so many places where what's right is not encouraged. I love, I love that. And I got that feeling that, you know, like you said, as you're trying to figure out how to, how to move somebody from an agitated, dangerous space and to get them to self-direct in a calmer way to the right place for the right reasons. Yep. And there's people that end up doing the dragging someone down the hallway and they got to kind of know and, you know, deep down in your, in your soul, it's got to even hurt you dragging somebody around. You can't, it you does. Can't de you can't dehumanize yes. somebody. I don't care who you are. I you love that you're saying that. That that stuff made certainly made me drink. I, I, I was drinking. And um, <laughs> fuck yeah. You go home and have to drink. Listen, go talk to any corrections officer, anyone in public safety. We have super high referrals to care and services for our responders because they're in desperate need of wellness because their job requires them by frequency to constantly be exposed to these events that cycle the limbic system. You know? It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. It, it's hard to imagine, but we're already kind of at the 30-minute mark. Um, I'm just... But it's this is the show. I, I, we'll do it chance. again. We'll do we'll it do again. It, we'll do it again. And, you know, it's... Uh, you know, and maybe we'll get some of those other guys on. We'll get a few a few guys on the panel from your from your team and your associate. Without a doubt, associates. I'd love it, and they would love it. Yeah, let's happy to do this again with a diff, slightly different team and you know different a little different angle. Let's yeah. let, let's talk offline on that. I think. How about but for now? How about a little closing message? Um, you know, or closing thoughts for the audience or or your other team, or maybe a message to to your clients, or a message to people who are like you. 
a couple of years ago, a little bit of sleep. I, I'll, I'll leave it for you for a little closing message and then we'll, we'll, we'll catch each other um, on the other side too. Yeah. Delightful. Thank you. Um, I'd say that the journey of discovering the fullness of who you are is the most fascinating journey there can possibly mm. be. And that helping others along that journey, when they are experiencing hallucinations, when they are mm -hmm. homeless, when they are feeling at the mercy of an uncaring system is one of the most noble things yeah. that can be done. That even someone in those circumstances can be shown a vision mm -hmm. of a fuller, more meaningful them. Jumpstart mastery mm -hmm. is one small part of the learning that can occur around meaningful approaches in how to support people in crisis with excellence in verbal and crisis de-escalation mm -hmm. training. Hope Reform is a new organization that is oriented toward helping agencies and programs acquire standards of excellence so that they can be relied upon by system partners, consumers, with reasonable expectations that when they go to an organization that has been accredited by Hope Reform or a program that's been certified by Hope Reform, that excellence is there. I love it. I love it. I, I think what you're doing is really amazing, uh, Andy. And I'm, I'm super glad I came across you and found you. Me too. And and I think this keeping this discussion going, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn a lot more. And um, I, I just love also to seeing people from the inside standing up and shouting for what they see as the right way forward. Yeah. It takes yeah. that's it takes a lot of courage, a lot of bravery, and you're risking a lot. I'm sure you risked a lot to do it. Yeah. 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 yeah we I'm, did. I'm, My family did. And and I there's there, there's no escaping that either, I'm discovering. I, I I was having a feeling that somebody like yourself, you've risked a lot and there's a lot more to your own personal story around this journey. And yeah. uh, man, God bless you for what you're doing. Uh, thank you, Ken. God bless you for what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. We need we need more of us. We need more I of us. So. I think so. It's been awesome. Thank you so much, Andy. Uh, for anybody looking to find Andy and what he's all about, the Jumpstart Ministry, I think, is a great place to, to launch in, or Mastery is a, is a great place to jump it, into. It is a ministry in, in, a, in it, a way of speaking, yeah. And it sounds like it was a Freudian slip, but it was pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is a ministry. This is ministry. It, it's actually a bit of a ministry work and, and with less it religion. Sure and, is. It, it is the ministry work, brother. And helping your fellow man out. Your fellow yep. man, which is it's a the recovery of love, as the great Father Stan Fortuna would oh, say. Oh, I love it. Yeah, go, for, go forth with love, people. Yeah. Um, find us on uh, not just uh, the jar live. You can find us there. More about what we do there. You can also find out a lot about um, the Jar Foundation uh, through this podcast, and find us on all the major platforms as well as these recorded sessions across multiple. Thanks, Andy, and I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and 
make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're gonna go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.